Welcome to The Kate Show, a weekly marketing podcast for interior designers and home stagers. Hosted by author, entrepreneur, and marketing consultant, Kate the Socialite. Each week, you'll learn helpful tips on how to make social media easier, how to grow your mailing list, and how to simplify every area of marketing and advertising your business. With her blunt, no-fluff approach, Kate stands up for business owners who want real results in their marketing, but have limited time or resources. And now, please welcome your host, Kate the Socialite. Hi, everyone, and welcome to The Kate Show. Today, I'm talking about how you can gain exposure for your interior design or home staging blog. Now, as we know, the blog market is extremely saturated, but as we all also know, having a blog does wonders for your SEO and really capitalizes on all the knowledge that you have as a professional in the industry. We wanna make sure that you reach as many people as possible with that knowledge, but we also wanna make sure that you're reaching people you can actually work with. Because unless you have virtual services or you love to travel, you aren't necessarily serving people across the country or across the world. So as I give you these tips, I'm going to be giving it from the perspective of how you can reach people in your geographic area, whether you serve people within a 50, 100, or 200 mile radius or what have you. All right, so let's just dive right in. The first way you can be promoting your design blog is not by running an ad, and actually none of my tips today include spending any money on ads whatsoever, but it's actually using a free tool that is often overlooked, and that is Google+. Now, what is Google+, well, it is basically the brainchild of Google. And when they first came out with Google+, people kind of laughed at it and poked at it thinking, okay, this is their idea of Facebook. But here is the thing. While Facebook does wonders for your SEO, Google+, does even more. It does even better. Because when you put things on Google+, whether you're talking about your services, your company, or how you serve your clients, you're actually feeding information, very valuable and key information, directly into the Google machine itself. So if you are sharing your blog posts every week or every other week on your Google Plus profile for your business, or even your personal page, that's okay too, you're telling Google exactly what it needs to know about you in order to help people in your area find you when they need your services. It's basically genius. So if you aren't utilizing Google+, you need to change that right away. But when you share your blog post on Google+, it's not quite as simple as copy-paste post done. Instead, what you should do is, yes, copy and paste the link to your blog post into Google+, but then make sure you include a snippet from your blog as the caption for it. So don't just leave a link and let it go. Make sure you have an actual caption so that Google has something more to read. Now, I'm not talking about posting on Google Plus for the sake of reaching other people directly. Yeah, that might happen a little bit, but right now we're honestly just feeding Google what it needs from us. And we're not focusing so much on interacting with other people because if you've tried Google Plus for even an hour, you know that Google Plus doesn't rank high for interaction, but it ranks extremely high for SEO. So that's why we're focusing on it here. So when you post your blog post into Google Plus, include a caption that is just a snippet from the post itself, and then include a like two to three hashtag collection. So 
If you're an interior designer, you could do hashtag interior design, hashtag home decor, and the third one would be hashtag your city and state. So hashtag Boston, Massachusetts, or Madison, Wisconsin, if you're near where I am, or wherever you live or, or a city and state that you would like to service. Because that's just another trigger for Google to categorize you appropriately. Because remember, hashtags just help platforms like Google+, Facebook, and Instagram categorize you and make it easier for people in your area who are interested in your services to find you. All right, so the next tip I have goes along with that, and it's Google Communities. Now, Google Communities are full of like thousands upon thousands of people. And it always has interested me that despite saying Google Plus has low interaction rates, Google Communities actually have pretty high interaction rates and really active communities. So what I do personally is anytime I publish a blog post or a podcast episode like this one, I then share it in about 10 to 12 Google communities that are focused on interior design and home staging. And I've gotten clients that way. I've gotten more people on my mailing list that way. And I don't have to tag my location because I can work with people internationally. And in fact, I do. But for you guys, when you're posting things in Google communities, you can also include the hashtag city and state of wherever you are wanting to service. So when you search for communities on Google to join, just you can literally type in Google communities and it will bring you to a few of them. And it'll ask you to set up a Google Plus page for yourself if you haven't done that yet. And it's really easy, guys. It's not at all difficult. Even if you're not technologically savvy, you can still figure it out. And then Think about the interests that your ideal client has and then search for communities based on those interests like travel or wine or food. Join those communities and then about once a week share a blog post. You can go into your blog post archives. You don't always have to be sharing new posts and yeah you can post the same blog more than once. Not back to back, I wouldn't recommend that, but you can do a cycle if you don't have any new content to put out at the moment. And obviously, like I said, blog archives come in really handy here. So once you figure out which communities you're going to be in and you figure out what you're going to be posting, just set aside a certain day every week, like mine is every Wednesday. Every Wednesday I share my latest podcast episode or blog post. Just do that so that you can be consistent. Now. A few things to avoid. Don't post any links beyond your own website or blog. You do not want to be directing traffic to other people unless you're an affiliate of theirs or you're just a friend of theirs and you really want to support them. Otherwise, I'm actually going to say something that I will never say about any other social platform, but Google Plus and Google Communities are all about you. This is where you get to feed all about you into all about Google. And the marriage of those two things is beautiful because that is when your website and blog will rank higher in search results. So yeah, it improves your SEO. It makes it easier for the right people to find you, whether they're across the country or across town. And it's just a no-brainer because it is completely free. 
Plus, you don't have to interact with other users on Google Plus or in Google Communities unless you want to. It's really not going to make that much of a difference if you do, so I suggest saving all that interaction time for platforms like Facebook, Pinterest, or Instagram. Now, that leads me to our third point, Facebook groups. Facebook groups are a great way and a great place for you to promote your blog, but you have to be really careful how you promote your blog in these situations. Make sure that if you join a Facebook group, make sure that it is something that your ideal client would also be in. That way you're not marketing to your peers because that is just a huge waste of time and it's actually <laughs> pretty irritating too. So it, you've got to make sure that you're posting in the right groups and just join three to five groups Make sure that they likely contain people in your area who would use your services. And there are a lot of local community groups or town-based groups that you can join. Some of them are buy, sell, trade. That's completely fine. But make sure you always read the group rules set by the admin before you post because if they don't actually allow any outbound links or any links to your website whatsoever, your post could get flagged deleted, you could get booted from the group, and you'll just feel kind of bad. So my suggestion is always read the group rules before you post. Now, <laughs> funny little story here. So as many of you know, I have a few different Facebook groups that I run. One of them is Marketing for Home Pros on Facebook. And if you're interested in learning more about marketing for the home industry, go ahead and search for it, join it. We'll be happy to chat with you there. But here's the thing. A few months ago, I had this interior designer in the group who was just really excited about all her new blog posts. And she kept sharing her blog posts in the group. And I reached out to her and I said, hey, I'm sorry, I had to delete your post only because like, this is a group full of your peers. You're not benefiting by sharing this with your peers. And this is a place where we can ask questions, answer questions. Uh, you're not you're not doing yourself any favor by posting here, so you know please stop. Well, she didn't reply to my message, and a few days later she shared another blog post. So unfortunately, it, I had to remove her from the group. But I just want you guys to be aware that it does matter where and in what group and in what manner you are sharing your blog post because Facebook groups are highly interactive and people will remember your name if you do something to make yourself look silly. All right, so being part of a Facebook group is not at all like being part of Google Plus or a Google community because in Facebook groups, you do need to interact. You should scroll through the feed and see if you can answer anyone's question or ask a question of your own. That way, when you go to share something from your website, like a blog post, you already have a foundation. You already have some sort of relationship built with a lot of members in the group. It's always good if you can get on the good side of the admin as well. That way, you know your posts won't get flagged and people will actually care about what you're trying to share. Now, limit your blog post sharing in these Facebook groups to once per week or less. You do not want to start spamming your group. That is the number one easiest way to get kicked out of a group and again, make yourself look bad. So make sure you're doing this tastefully and sharing only your best content once a week or less in three to five Facebook groups. All right, our fourth tip today is Pinterest. 
You've heard me talk about this before, and if you haven't, well, here it is. Pinterest is not a social media platform. Pinterest is actually a search engine. So just like you can feed information about your business directly into Google, you can do the same with Pinterest. So make sure that every time you create a blog post, you are also creating a large rectangular image that contains the title of your blog post and a captivating photo for each blog post that you publish. Now, you can do this easily and for free by using Canva. Just go to canva.com and I will link that in the show notes. I use it for my own blog posts, my podcast episodes, my client work. It is such a breeze. They do have upgrade features, which I fully take advantage of, but you can certainly use the free options and still create great pinnable images for your blog posts. Now, if you're using square images or no images at all, you're really doing yourself a disservice. You need to use the rectangular ones and you need to make sure that every post has that kind of image. That way, when you pin your blog post on Pinterest, it's already formatted correctly for that platform. Plus, if other people go to your blog and want to add your blog post to their pinned, or excuse me, to their board on Pinterest, again, it just makes you look good and it feeds the right content directly into Pinterest so that people can find you. Now, Pinterest is one of the biggest traffic referral sources out there aside from Google itself. So if you have just started a blog or you've been blogging for a while, make sure that you are putting those posts on Pinterest. And while you're there, make sure you're an active pinner as well. Now, if you've ever pinned your own or someone else's blog post to Pinterest, you know that sometimes the name of the image, which looks like a bunch of mumbo jumbo half the time, ends up being the description of the pin. You need to make sure that doesn't happen with yours. So when you're pinning your blog posts, make sure you copy and paste one or two sentences from the blog post itself, like the first two sentences, into the description of the pin. It just looks better and it allows people to get a sneak peek before they click through. And often that's the thing that will make them click through. All right, my fifth tip is using the headline analyzer tool. What is this, you ask? Well, I'll tell you, and I'll also link it in the show notes so you can go use it. This awesome company called CoSchedule has a social media and blog post scheduling platform, and that is not a free service. It is a paid service, but they do have some free things, including their headline analyzer that I use all the time. So CoSchedule's headline analyzer tool is exactly what it sounds like copy and paste your suggested blog post title into their tool, and it will tell you whether or not it is likely to be found in Google, Bing, or other search engines. So if you score like a 70 or higher, especially a 72 or higher, you know your blog post is great, you've got a green light, literally like the screen will turn green, and you'll know that you can go ahead and use that blog post title. But if you're in the yellow or the red, then you know you need to go back and rework your title. And it will tell you exactly what's wrong with your title. Maybe it's too wordy, maybe it's too short, maybe you don't have enough of the right type of words. It makes it really easy to teach you how to write better headlines that are SEO friendly and make your blog more likely to show up in search results. All right, guys, those are my top five design blog growth tips. If you have any tips that I didn't mention here, feel free to tell me all about them in the Marketing for Home Pros Facebook group. I can't wait to see you there. 
Thanks for listening to The Kate Show. Please hit the subscribe button and share this episode with a business bestie who needs to grow her interior design or home staging firm. To inquire about our products and services, please visit us at katethesocialite.com. Until next time, keep your marketing simple and your message clear.